Thank you for joining us at uh, Beerfish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker Seeker Tackle. So make sure you guys go to whiskerseeker.com for all your catfishing gear. Enjoy the episode, guys. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beer Fish Fanatics. This is Granny with My Pop Fishing. We have Kit with the Fishing Kit YouTube channel. And today's guest, we have a gentleman that we um, know quite, quite well here. Uh, he's actually uh, the owner of JB's Fish Sauce, and he, he fishes here locally in some tournaments. And uh, I, I, I'm going to want to learn and know a little bit more about your story from last year about the flathead so we'll, we'll get into that um but today we got cory we got cory weaver thank you for joining us cory how you doing man good how you guys doing can't, can't complain can't complain good. um so first off i want to give a quick shout out to the sponsor uh colonna brewing company I'm, I'm i'm doing the one that kit did a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago the nice the, the lubricator <laughs> Oh yeah, the double bock logger lubricator. So seven point five <laughs> alcohol content. I am gonna get lubed up, Kit. What do you, you got? Go. <laughs> I'm going. I I feel like I uh, double dip into this one quite a bit. It's the double night vision from Clona Brewery. You're gonna you're you're gonna sleep good tonight. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 night vision. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would use the I'm gonna have double vision joke, but we already did that one. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you? How, how would you describe the flavor of that one? I haven't seen that one yet. Um, let me let me refresh my memory real quick. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Corey? I am drinking uh, the new seasonal from Sierra Nevada called Summer Break. Ooh. Well, cheers, gentlemen. So cheers, we cheers. Hmm. This is the first time I've ever had the lubricator. Oh, yeah. Nice and looby. Yeah, this is like one of these uh, darker beers. I'm not too familiar with like these darker beers because I'm usually yeah. just like, oh, IPA tastes like an yeah. IPA. <laughs> yeah. You got to change it up once in a while. Too much IPA can, you know, the hoppiness and then you got to change it up. So I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah, Kit- I like IPAs. Oh, we, we both do. But. I'm glad Kit's slowly getting into the darker beers, though. This is good for him. Yeah, I struggle with those. I struggle yeah. with those. I, I keep trying. I found a couple I can do, but some of them just, woof. I'm not tough enough for that. It's all good, yeah. man. There's, there's this Imperial Stout sitting in my fridge, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm, this one's, I got to save this one. I, I think I had that one last <laughs> time. So it's, 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 it's nice. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a good doozy, man. I'm not gonna it's lie. Like what 10, 10, yeah, 10 percent, yeah, and, 10 and something. You know, it's it's okay. So, Imperial Stouts, if people don't know, I mean, it can be it can be rough. Um, you know, it, 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 it takes that you're not gonna slam it, you're not gonna shotgun it or anything like that, obviously. A 10 percent, so 10 percent, you don't need to exactly. But <laughs> with those things, uh, you know what, it, it's a good beer, though. It's one of the better Imperial Stouts I've had, so you'll enjoy it, kid. Nice. It'll, be, it'll be good for you. Uh, but like I said, we, we got Corey here. Uh, if you don't mind, you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, how you got into fishing, and you know how you became the owner of JB Fish Shops. Tell us a little bit about you know the, the business and the company and just yourself, man. If you if you don't mind. 
Okay. Um, so about myself, um, I'm originally from Indiana. I moved out here to Iowa, oh, about seven years ago. Um, I started fishing. My stepdad had me fishing from the time I was in diapers. I didn't know any different. I mean, I fished. I've literally fished almost every day of my life. Uh, it was ingrained in me and a passion that has just never left me. Um, so it didn't matter if it was a creek, a pond, a lake. Uh, I was very fortunate that my parents, my stepdad, especially when I was a little kid, we would do trips up to the boundary waters and on a yearly basis back in the canoe only areas. Um, throughout school, most kids went to Florida and did fun stuff like that. We would go to Kentucky Lake every spring break and go crappie fishing for a week every spring break. That was my spring break every year all through school. Um, and then every summer when school was out, we would my parents would rent a cabin up in Minnesota and we'd spend four to six weeks at a cabin up in Minnesota every summer. And um, so that's pretty much, I started tournament fishing when I was uh, 16. I got into bass fishing tournaments and did it for years, um, all different levels. I uh, never tried for the pros or anything. Um, it's always been a goal of mine, but kids life finances things happen it's, that's a tough road to, it's a huge commitment and a huge financial challenge to try to step over to that side so i've been patiently carefully planning a route to get there it is a goal of mine that i'm hoping to see happen here in the next couple of years um as far as jb so um i'm one of three owners um Clayton, Godfrey, and Kendra Foster are also co-owners of JB's Fish Sauce. Um, it all came about, um, I worked with uh, Clayton and Kendra, as many of the people know, they own Fishing Assault, Salt Plastic Bait Company, and they have been using JB's Fish Sauce from the uh, worm oils in their baits um, from the beginning and had developed a relationship with Jim Block, the original owner of JB's. And when he decided he was considering selling the business, he approached them and I, and we got together and decided this was a venture we wanted to do. And we've been at it a couple of years now and growing it and flourishing as much as we can with it. Kind of a speed little speed tutorial there nah that's all good and and you know what uh speaking of clayton uh, we're, we're actually gonna have clayton on too so uh that's nice kinda, yeah so it's kind of cool to kind of get you guys on here so that's that's awesome yeah yeah we've been trying to get clayton on for a while <laughs> busy guy though busy guy very we get pulled a lot of different directions you know a lot of people people that aren't from this area a lot of people don't understand we all have full-time jobs you know we're not getting rich. We're not millionaires at doing this. It's a it's a very fastly growing company, but we still all have full time jobs. I work eighty four hours a week at my regular job, plus do this during the day. I work twelve hour nights at night, and then do this during the day, and try to find time to go fishing too. So as you can imagine, I never sleep. 
Um, <laughs> I have about one day a week that I finally hit a wall and I'll crash for six or eight hours and then right back at it. So, but it's fun. It's, it's fun. I'll tell you what, you get to meet a lot of great people in this industry. You get to meet a lot of great groups and communities that are very supportive and it's fun. It's a lot of work. It's not all roses, but um, we enjoy it. So what is uh, JB's fish sauce exactly? I know you guys infuse baits, but there's also that uh, little jar of stuff. Yeah, so we sell, you know, starting out, we sell worm oils, which are used by soft plastic bait makers to marinate and infuse their baits with. And that's one side of it. And then we also sell... Um, various forms of scent attractant that people can apply to their own baits. Um, we sell everything from, we have a liquid mist available in about eight different scent, scent profiles now. Um, we have jellies. I happen to have a couple sitting here. This is, my lighting's bad. I don't know how well. Oh, there it goes. So this there is go. our waxworm jelly. This has been our number one seller um, for over a year now for the panfish side and especially the crappie industry worked, uh, worked with a pro that we sponsor Kyler Beckman. Um, I worked with him on it for several months and finally got it just right. And since he fishes the American crappie trail, which is the largest number one crappie trail in the country. And, um, he also owns a guide service and partnering with him and coming up with this, special blend just for him it has absolutely just exploded for us um can't hardly make it fast enough mm. um and we have a whole bunch of different scent profiles in that as well uh we also offer tube stick style applications literally like a chapstick tube um, it's a little harder consistency so that you can use it on jigs you can use it on soft plastics and you can use it on hard baits like crankbaits jerk baits um stuff like that um same thing offered in a bigger wider deodorant style applicator and then we have paste tubs um which are about a three four inch circle um of a little bit harder formula even yet that you can use on hard baits it has real good sticking power and then we also offer a squeeze bottle gel that's been really popular that you literally just squeeze out of the bottle onto your baits. Um, so we have a lot of different options, um, a lot of different scent profiles that you can use specifically for certain areas and certain regions. Fish seem to like different scents a little bit different than others. Um, but our our main ones, our most popular one has been our Black Magic for all species, especially for bass. Um, walleye love it. Wipers, yellow bass, um, everything you could want to fish for in Iowa. I've used it. Uh, cat fishing for channel cats. I haven't found a fish yet that doesn't like Black Magic. I don't know. It's a special formula. Doesn't 100% make sense to me why they like it so much, but they absolutely love it and then we got garlic crawfish bait fish shad whatever you want to call it we call it bait fish um coffee then on the panfish side we got the wax worm i told you about uh perch juice which is kind of a freshwater shrimp formula um 
which is real big and a lot of the dark fertile lakes, especially you get out in the Dakotas and stuff, a lot of them lakes are, that's why them perch get so big. Um, they're all feeding on the freshwater shrimp and stuff. Um, that's been a very, very popular one for us. And then Pantastic is a new formula we came out with not too long ago. That is a special blend of the bait fish, the wax worm, and the perch juice all mixed together. And it is quickly gaining some serious attention and has been exploding rather quickly for us. So cool. And working on a special little project. I can't tell you what it is yet, but um, I, I think some catfish guys are going to be happy soon. There you go. Put a I like catfish. Just to put a little teaser out there. All right. Well, well, I, I'm starting to get into catfish and, you know, catfishing more and more. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely have to reach out to you on that one. Uh, we'll, we'll try some things out. Just, hey, we can always be, you know, test you know field testers if you ever need by the way on that yeah, we can use some more field testing there you go there you go and then you know what the, the cool thing people should definitely take a look at the uh the deodorant state it's so cool because it's so simple just to be able to apply it to your baits and everything so people should definitely check that out. i i i actually uh have used it before so it's pretty cool um i have a question have you ever have you guys ever like um did a test like maybe you guys fish next to each other or, or somebody on the same boat. So one person uses it and then another person doesn't use the JB's fish shots. Have you seen yes. the difference? Can you explain that a little bit? I'm bear? actually going to be, I won't be working on doing some videos on it um, okay. here in the next couple of months. I'm going to go down. So obviously I mentioned Kyler Beckman before the pro that we sponsor Mm -hmm. and I've had the good fortune of going down and fishing with him many times now and um, been fortunate enough he's been teaching me how to properly use the live scope and the advantages of the live scope <laughs> and I'll tell you what that is the best learning tool once you get good at it and actually know what you're doing with it there is no better learning tool out there you can see exactly how every fish reacts to every bait every time and you would be amazed at, you know, when I was down there this winter and you go through some of the tough spells of you get fish to come and look and they'd come charging right up to your bait and they just sit there and then slowly turn off. And we'd grab some of our wax worm, dip it on and drop it right back down to that same fish and he'd have it clear down to his gullet. So we've been doing tests like that for quite a long time now and of course, I'm always, since I'm a fisherman, I never think about the business side of things. I'm so geeked up on wanting to catch fish that <laughs> all I do is concentrate on fishing. And um, I've been joking and talking with him about, we got to do a video. I got I to get the fishing brain out and start doing some videos showing how this works and how the fish react to it. You know, I tell people all the time, it's not like shark fishing. You're not chumming the water and calling fish in from clear across the lake. This is to help get you better commitment from the fish that already see your bait. And I tell you what, 90% of the fishing community would absolutely be astonished how many fish actually follow your bait and never bite. Mm. And because most of the time you don't get to see it, your bait's underwater, you know, you don't get to see, and you're thinking, man, it's just. There's no fish here. I need to go fish somewhere else. Well, the truth and reality is most of the time, there's a lot of fish that have seen your bait 
and just didn't commit to it. And this is just an extra tool that helps you get better commitment, um, better hookup ratios because they bite it deeper, they commit to it stronger. And it's just another advantage, another tool to improve your fishing game. But yeah, we'll be getting those videos out hopefully soon. Um, he's in the middle of his tournament trails right now. So he's a little busy at the moment, but we're working on getting those videos done. We're going to get them up on our website and get them up on Facebook. So it'll be very, it'll be a very informative and interesting. I think it'll open some people's eyes on, you know, obviously there's days when crappie bass, even walleye, there's days where they're going to eat anything you put in front of them. I mean, the bite's just on and you can put a gummy worm down there. You're going to catch fish. Um, and you're not going to notice the difference as much, but those tougher days, that's when you're truly going to find out the difference and the positive effect that you get from it. So it's not really like a magic sauce though. Pull in a fish from the other side of the lake. It's just more like, you know, just that little extra oomph that you need. Right. That, that's precisely it. Um, your fish that primarily use their sense of smell and taste to feed, such as catfish, it is going to be more of a longer drawing scent trail um, advantage for you. Um, and working on a special project that it's been secretly being tested for quite some time now um there may have been a few cats caught on it last year but uh it's getting close to being ready is, so is but, that why you were like hardcore catfishing last year i was like man this guy's really turned on to catfishing all of a sudden hmm. well it started after that. No, I got into catfishing just because I've never done it. And I enjoy the challenge, you know, even though I mostly bass fish and tournament fish for bass, I love fishing for everything. Um, I enjoyed the walleye season when the walleye are going. Um, I didn't have wipers in Indiana. I didn't have access to wiper fishing. So I moved out here and heard about the wipers. I mean, I have a blast going and doing that. I want to become the best all-around fisherman that I can be, period. I, I like fishing for anything that swims, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I enjoy the challenge of learning the strategies that it takes to catch different species of fish. Um, they all have their own little fine-tuned quirks and necessities to become successful and consistent at catching them. And I enjoy that challenge. I enjoy the learning process. And if it swims, I want to catch it. That's commendable, and uh, I can definitely respect that. And plus, the catfishing, I enjoy camping, hiking. It doesn't get much more enjoyable than hiking back in the middle of nowhere somewhere and camping out on a bank for, for a couple of nights and getting woken up to a 50 pound flathead. Um, got a campfire going, got some food going, a couple beers, and waiting on a big old flathead to bite. It's, yeah. And we, we had Derek, we, yeah, we had Derek on just recently and he, you know, we were just talking and uh, what we we're talking about was last year, what you did was it was really cool. Cause we can see your progress. Cause so this was the thing you never caught a flathead and you were recording on social media 
uh, your trips, your daily trips and your, your attempt to catch, you know, the flathead. And it was really cool just to see your progress. Yeah, and, and I didn't hide anything. Yeah. You know, I went 10 trips before I ever even got a bite. You know, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be friends with Spencer and guys like that. And I've reached out for some tips, you know, and things to look for and things to try. But I wanted to do it on my own. I wanted to go find spots on my own. Of course, I picked late July the, when I started the hardest time of the year um, to get started. Um, which added to the challenge. We were in a drought, um, which made it a challenge. In the beginning, I didn't have my kayak. So if I wanted to get somewhere to find a new hole, I was hiking literally for miles, dragging all this gear. A lot of people don't understand all the gear required to consistently be successful at doing this. So, but yeah, I didn't hide anything. I, I literally went 10 trips before I ever even had a bite. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Like, I enjoyed that challenge. I enjoyed, I learned from every single trip. So. We, we enjoyed it. Cause I think a lot of people was following you on it and it was really cool. Cause I mean, like you said, you, you didn't hide anything. And then just to show everybody, like you don't catch all time, but then just to see your progress of learning and seeing how you, you know, what was going through your mind. And it was kind of cool how you were telling everybody, you know, this is what yeah. I think, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to try. It didn't work last night, or this is what I'm going to try. It, it was really cool to see. And, and like I said, hats off to you because right. a lot of people would have just like, oh, given up, but you didn't. And that was really badass when you finally got onto it. And it seemed like towards the end there, like you were really zoned in on and figuring it out. So that was really cool. I got pretty dialed in at the end of the year. I, I, I was very, I'll be honest, I was surprised and happy and excited at the same time. Um, but, um, you know, for people wanting to try it and get out there, hey, it, it's work. There, there's no way of getting around it. It's work. You got to be willing to go where other people aren't willing to go. You're dragging stuff for miles. You're walking through stuff that nobody wants to walk through. It's a lot of work. There's no way around it. But the satisfaction, once you finally pull it all together, is well worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, well, after seeing keep those logs, fish. keep track of everything you did, keep track of everything you tried, the weather conditions that day, the water levels, the water clarity. There's so many variables that affect every trip and affect the fish that if you want to get better, you got to keep track of those things so you can look back and learn from each trip um, what you did and what you can apply to the next one. Yeah, it was definitely worth it after seeing uh, those pictures you took. So what, what what was your biggest one? I didn't have a scale, um, but after talking to several several people that have a lot of experience, a lot a lot more experience than I do with it, I had two over fifty pounds last year. Um, I'm, I'm guessing the biggest one was in the 55, 57 pound range. A, a 50 pound flathead is that is that is that kind of like the 50 inch muskie is it are we reaching into that like unicorn trophy territory up there uh it's a trophy to me right oh yeah for sure what, i can tell you what that first five pounder i caught was a trophy to me <laughs> um, you know we all want to be the hero and hold up the big ones but i tell you what flatheads are a very unique a very unique fish and to me, 
you get to where you can catch a flathead or two on a consistent basis, they're all a trophy. I mean, it's a completely different, completely different style of fishing, different bite. It's not like bluegill, bass, and crappie. You're not going to go out there and whack 30, 50, 100 of them. Living in Iowa, what I'm learning is we have a decent population, but we don't have a great population compared to other states. So that adds to the challenge as well. And I'm hoping that there's some more conservation efforts coming forward. There's some groups that are trying. Um, I'd like to see the numbers improve and maybe even some size limits and restrictions put in. See a lot of big fish being kept, which it's legal. It's none of my business. So I'll never say anything to anybody about what they keep and don't keep. That's their choice as long as it's legal. But I would like to see some movements toward kind of helping build the catfish industry, the species back up. I think there's a lot of great potential for flathead in Iowa, um, but we got to be careful with our resources at the same time. Are you yeah. going to be targeting them more this year too? Flatheads? I, I, I'm itching to get back out there. Yeah. It's almost time. Yeah, I was, I was about to say it's almost time, isn't it? it yeah, from the now from the research I've been doing and the knowledge I've been gathering, it's almost time. I, I got a busy schedule coming up, but there, there's going to be a lot of night trips coming on soon. There you go. If we can and get it, this weather to break, man. This cool yeah. weather's setting things back a little bit, but those water temperatures are starting to climb. Yeah, yeah. Um, on Monday, actually, it's supposed to be like 84 degrees, but that wind is going to be crazy. Yeah. Well, that's okay because you get warm weather and you get the wind that rolls that water over faster and gets that water warming up faster. So, oh man, thinking like a fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so now Fish love the wind. I tell you what, people. The only thing bad about the wind is people's mindsets. I don't care what species of fish you're fishing for. Fish love windy days. All huh. your predator fish, you can't ask for better conditions. If you want. To catch big fish, windy days are where it's at. So what do you, what is it about windy days that gets the get those predators going? Um, it, I think a lot of it has to do with a it turns the water over, so you get a lot more bugs and insects moving in the water, which gets the smaller fish going. Once the smaller fish gets going, that wind and current that's created keeps them pushed and locked into certain areas that they don't have the energy or the strength to necessarily escape and spread out from. So it bunches the bait fish up and each size fish that feeds on those next groups of fish, it's just easy prime targets for them. It's a lot easier to pattern fish on windy days. Once you understand wind and how it affects fish, and how it affects whether you have a shad lake or you have a bluegill perch style lake. Um, once you understand how the wind affects those species, it makes it a lot easier to catch the predator fish, your bass, your walleye, your catfish, whatever. So you got um, a kayak now. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So you, did you get a new kayak and, and are you, we got to get out kayak fishing with you too. You get a chance to get on the lake, but, um, Absolutely. I, yeah. And what kind of kayak you got and, and what, what are your, I guess you say goals to, to fish off your kayak this year. Yeah. All right. So funny story that got this started. Well, 
Uh, I got invited to go with Spencer on a trip last year. If you guys want to go back, look through his videos last year. He <laughs> didn't he didn't get the actual incident, but he got the aftermath of it. Yeah. But I had borrowed a friend's kayak that is nice for small lakes and stuff like that, but it's not designed for doing what we're trying to do in the catfish world on rivers. Um, a, people need to understand you're getting in some pretty dangerous you're purposely putting yourself in some pretty dangerous situations if you're not paying attention and not on top of your game. But anyhow, I was, so I was in a smaller kayak that should not be used for river catfishing, um, fishing in a log jam on a, on a particular spot that created us. This log jam had a side swirl being created at the upper end of it. And it also had an undertow being created with it, which is why fish like log jams, trees, whatnot, because um, that that current rolling off of it digs out holes underneath there that they can get down in and hide in. Well, when I went to leave from that spot to another spot, one of my rods caught on a tree branch. I had them in the rod holders behind me. And without thinking about it, I naturally went to reach back instead of just letting it go and repositioning the kayak to go back and grab it. I tried to hurry up and reach back. Well, at the same time I did that, I hit that magical little dangerous spot of the water going this way and going this way at the same time. And it literally like a suction just sucked me under and flipped me over everything out of the kayak. I mean, my bait cooler, my regular cooler, all my clothes, all my gear, all my rods went in the water. We only saved uh, one of my rods at the time. I was soaking wet. It's getting close to being dark, even though it was kind of warm. It wasn't real warm yet. Um, it was kind of a cooler night. So I had to get a fire going, um, get everything dried out, lost a bunch of gear. So I decided from that day on, I'm... I'll never borrow a kayak hey, again because I don't want to be responsible for someone else's stuff like that. Um, luckily, we took the electronics off of it. Um, he had electronics for it. We took the electronics off because who knows what would have happened to that. I've been replacing <laughs> the guy's electronics for him. But I went out and bought a new canoe, Frontier 12, oh, nice. um, which I would highly recommend very wide very big spacious as stable as they come i can stand up turn around do load it down with all the gear that we haul i mean tents coolers everything still fish comfortably i haven't gotten the pedal drive for it or anything like that yet i'm still old school paddling but uh i'll step up to kit's ways one of these days uh, uh well if you're fishing the river you don't really need the pedals no. Yeah. No, you don't want no. Although your ho the Hobie's got the new flip up ones now. Um, I mean if somebody's got the money, oh yeah, there that, that flip up out of the way now. It's pretty nice. But really, no, you're right. With what we're doing catfishing, you don't want all that stuff. That's the one thing I like about the Frontier 12. The foot area and the area in front of you is completely wide open. There's nothing, there's literally nothing at your feet, nothing in front of you to trip on or have to reach over or taking up space it's literally a wide open flat bottom and it's very convenient for that style of fishing 
when you get onto a lake with us, because uh, like I did, I, I I took the the dive this year to get that pedal drive to try to try and try and you know emulate this guy here. Um, yeah, live in my shadow. <laughs> but I, I'm not gonna lie, it, it was night and day because. I'm telling you, last year when we were on Couple Lakes uh, and I see these guys, they're like hands-free. It was just – it sucked, <laughs> when I was try- especially when it was windy, so trying to yeah. maneuver. That that pedal drive came into – trust me, oh, yeah. it, it definitely well, helps quite a bit. So, And That's- you'll learn that on a river trip. I tell you what, you'll get into some sections where if you got a 15, 20-mile-an-hour wind blowing the opposite direction you are – your shoulders and your arms are burning, buddy. Yeah. As a long paddle. Oh, yeah. One of these days, I got to get out to Kansas with you. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I plan on I going jump back into that blue there. cat action. <laughs> I, I plan on going back maybe next month, if not next month, uh, June. So between, between now and June, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. Like, hey, I'm. Um, I got a couple of weekends open in later May. Okay. Actually, that'd be pretty good because I think the blues spawn in like June. So we want to yeah. hit it. We want to hit it before they start spawning. There you go. Okay. So I got, I, I did do one little blue trip when I went down to, uh, when I went down to the Ozarks area on one of my crappie trips last year, I went down ahead of time on purpose and spent the night camping on the shore. I picked out a spot on the map that had a nice, river channel running right up next to the bank and had a lot of timber around and stuff and i'd never tried fishing for blue cats before i just picked out a spot that i thought catfish should be hanging out at and got i had a three fish night that night camping out on shore waiting to go on my crappie trip the next day it was pretty cool um yeah you can't ask for much more than that especially just going out there on a whim like hey you know what i'm just gonna try it and they were all between, I don't know, 10 and 25 pounds. Um, so that was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool experience. One might have been a little bit bigger, but no, to have a never done it before, never even tried fishing down there before, it was pretty cool to pick out a spot like that and camp out all night and have a three-fish night. It was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I, I think that's another lake I need to try because it's got blue cats in I like blue cats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ozarks and Truman both. Man, how far how far is Ozarks from here, Kit? About five and a half hours. Five and a half hours. Oh. Not too bad. About Truman's the same. About five. Ozarks. But depends on what side of the lake you want to go to. Really, I mean, it's such a big lake. Um, if you want to go all the way down to the the party area, the Osage Beach area on Ozarks, um, you're almost getting to six hours. Um, but if you want to go on the upper end or the river end, which is where you would want to go most of the time for the catfish, I would assume. Um, I don't have that much experience yet, but that side of the lake you can get to in a little over five hours. Gotcha. Well, if, if you can on in, in June, if you can go with uh, a fishing kit for that weekend trip, like you guys are talking about, it'd be kind of cool because if you can say an extra day or two, I'm actually going to take the family down there to, to a special lake. We won't name it because we okay. want to, we'll, and if, if you have a couple extra days, you can, you can swing by, you can, you can meet up with us. Uh, you can meet up with my, my in-laws. Um, just nice. get your, just get your liver ready pretty much with my in-laws are in town. You know, when we oh. get together, but we, we also fish a lot. So, uh, but, what? liver is the only thing that gets a workout on my body anymore. 
<laughs> That's the only thing that stays in shape. <laughs> right on. I'll cheers. Cheers. I'll cheers. That. I had a crack. I cracked another lubricator. I'm I'm really getting lubed up, boys. Oh yeah. That's good. Uh, <laughs> this episode was helped brought to you by our newest sponsor, Kelowna Brewing Company. They're a brewery out there in eastern Iowa. So if you're in the area, make sure to stop by Kelowna and check out their brewery. Great food at the restaurant there, great beer, obviously. If you're in the Midwest, check out any Hy-Vees. I believe they carry the six packs and they have different types of flavors. So you guys are gonna wanna, you know, definitely try that out. And I think throughout this whole process, Fishing Kid and myself for Beer Fish Fanatics, we're gonna be doing some giveaways here and there. If you guys can go ahead and tag us here and there with your Kelowna beer. So other than that, enjoy the episode, guys. So what what, what are you targeting right now? Corey, what what's your fish? Your like your one fish. If you had to go out like right now, okay, I'm gonna go catch fish, and it's gonna be this fish. What is it? Um, right now, it's either gonna be bass or crappie. Um, that's two fish. <laughs> well, I'm trying to give people options because both um, things are happening for both right now. That's true. Um, honestly, right now, I'd probably even though. Not everyone's a big fan of bass fishing, but if you want to catch your biggest bass of the year or the biggest bass of your life, right now is the time to do it. Mm, okay. This pre-spawn stage, the water's getting warm enough now. They're feeding up as much as they're going to feed all year in preparation for the workload that they're getting ready to put their bodies through to get through the spawning phase. Um Plus, they're adding on their egg weights, just like walleye, everything else. Um, if you want to catch the biggest fish of the year, right now is the time to do it. Hmm. Um, I can tell you, in the last three weeks, I've caught more five to seven pound bass than you can think about. Wow. It, it's really happening right now. It's, it's a good time. If you want a chance at your biggest bass, right now is a good time. All right. We can talk offline on, on, location, <laughs> on, on, on in regards to location, if you don't mind. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, okay, we'll we'll save the location stuff for later. But so, what's what what's the technique to use right now during this time of year? Uh, right now, you got several options. So, if you got a windy, cloudy day, um, jerk baits and spinner baits are going to be a good option. Chatter bait, which is a vibrating jig. I like power fishing this time of year. So jerk baits, spinner baits, shallow running crank baits, um, square bills, um, a little trick, flat sided crank baits um, work better right right now. Um, the the regular rounded square bills will be coming into play here pretty soon. For people that don't know, flat sided crank bait is exactly what it says. The sides on it, instead of being rounded like a normal crankbait um the sides of it are flat and so what that does is it makes it have a real tight skinny wobble when it goes through the water um which imitates the fish right now because right now the water is still cold enough if you watch the bait fish when you're out they're not moving very fast and they're not very erratic they're still kind of cold too so they don't move real fast um, then as the water warms up more than your regular rounded square bills will come into play. Those put off a real big wide wobble. Um, but in these colder water temperatures at the early stages of spring, 
using a flat-sided crankbait is the way to go if you're going to try the crankbait route. Everybody that knows me knows you better be throwing a jig of some sort this time of year, all year round. I, I throw a jig year-round. To me, if you could only, if I could only fish one bait the rest of my life, it would be a jig. No kidding. And I'll do very well year round with it. A lot of people don't have confidence in it, but once you, if you put in some time with it and gain the confidence in it, jigs have probably won more bass tournaments in history than most every other bait. Hmm. Why? Because a jig you can make look like a crawdad which is candy to every bass and walleye and many other species. And you can make it look like a bluegill, which is their next favorite fish. So, and if you use the right color patterns, you can make it look like a shad too. And, you know, when the shad spawns start going and the shad are up shallow, they're feeding on the plankton and the algae down the bottom. So people don't think that, don't think of a jig as imitating bait fish, but most of the year you're actually imitating bluegills, shad, um, bait fish more than you are a crawdad. Hmm. But most people think that if you're fishing a jig, you're trying to imitate a crawdad, and that's not always the case. So when when you're fishing with the jig, are you creeping it on the bottom, or are you, are you like slow retrieving it? Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the, a bass newbie, so I don't right. know. <laughs> so I'm letting the bass tell me what to do. Usually early in the year, um, you just want to slow drag it. Um, and you're only moving it three or four inches at a time. And you're not putting much action in it. You're literally just boring dragging it three or four inches at a time. On certain days, certain conditions, if you get a little warm spike and you got a little wind, um you can work it a little faster or you can one of my favorite techniques is swimming a jig where i literally cast it out fish it like a crankbait you just start winding it in and that's when you're imitating bluegill and everything else that are up shallow that bass feed on i literally probably have 10 different techniques that i use with a jig so it's a lot of experimentation uh, letting the fish tell you what they want you to do. We're gonna have to um, go out with them, Kit. We have to learn because we we don't really fish for bass, like Kit was saying. I mean, I we really don't, but it looks fun. I kind of I kind of <laughs> give grief to some bass fishermen sometimes. Yeah, you do. Oh yeah, I'm used to it. I, I've taken it my whole life. I got some diehard walleye buddies. Walleye guys think they're the king of the world, and I'm like, yeah, walleyes are cool. The bite's cool. But other than that, it's like you're dragging in a stick. Yeah. They don't bite. Yeah, actually, don't right. Bite. You're right on that. It, it, now, what's the fun in that? I mean, it's an awesome thunk when they hit it, mm-hmm. and then you're just reeling in a stick. Yeah. You know, at least with bass, you're getting to enjoy a fight. You know, same thing with catfish. Um, you hook into a catfish, you usually know it. You, you got a fun fight on your hands. Um so that's one thing I always throw back at the walleye guys is yeah they're you know they taste better, the bite's awesome that thunk when you feel that thunk that's awesome, but then the rest of it's pretty boring. I can go out and drag drag sticks across the lake all day if I wanted to, but yeah, that's, that's I why get people... a little bit of crap back. 
<laughs> That's why people call them wet socks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, I, I I'm not a big troller, but you know, trolling is a very popular walleye technique. And I'm like, yeah. All right, is that really fishing? I mean, you're sitting back, you got the radio cranked up, you're just sitting back waiting on your rod to bend over and then when it does you reel in a stick yeah, <laughs> yeah. but no yeah. i love walleye fishing too i but i give i gotta throw it back sometimes because we do take a lot of crap as bass fishermen <laughs> hey but there, there's a lot of you guys out there <laughs> that's right but i think there's a difference you know there's some pond warriors out there which i love fishing ponds who didn't grow up fishing on ponds and Right. Um, but to me, the challenge, it's not just bass fishing. I literally spend every day analyzing the conditions and figuring out how I can catch the absolutely biggest fish available that day. I don't just go bass fishing, you know? Yeah. There's so many bass in public waters that if you want to go bass fishing, you can do some finesse techniques and go catch all the bass you want. And it's doesn't take much effort to go catch a bass if you want but that's not how i fit i truly want to catch the biggest fish in the water available that day every time i go and i would rather spend all day trying to catch five fish between four and seven pounds than catch a hundred fish that are one to three pounds that's just how i'm wired makes sense yeah i did catch a couple pretty I mean, I think I see some bass. nice pictures coming out of you, bud. Yeah. Yeah. I think two, <laughs> two, two over 20 inches this winter. So, I mean, I know I grief a lot of how, bass fishing. How fishermen. many of those were intentional? Uh, neither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how. Yeah. How, how do you, uh, uh no. nice fish? I don't think no, you, you deserve props. You did, <laughs> you did produce a couple of nice pictures there this year. I, I think I gave you a little bit of ribbing too on Facebook. <laughs> You're slowly coming over to our side. Yeah, I was like, uh, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I can respect uh 20 inch bass for sure. And then I do respect those uh, you know, those those guys out there grinding it out for those tournaments because yeah. it's commitment, it's like not just time, it's money, resources, and you know, it's just uh, like I can't even fathom. Like people say, I'm a hardcore fisherman, but uh, I don't do the tournament scene. That those guys are the hardcore guys. Yeah, absolutely. You know what would be fun? Which what what would really change your mind a little bit about bass fishing? If I <laughs> took, we should try to plan a trip sometime and go either to Malax or up to Spirit Lake and go after some smallmouth. You catch a five-pound smallmouth bass, that's a life-changing experience as a fisherman there, bud. Uh, yeah, yeah. actually, I, I, I do like smallies. For some reason, I don't. I look at them life. different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. It's just the green carp that kits, not a huge, oh, huge proponent. I didn't say, I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> it's all right. I've heard it all. Ditch pickles, green carp, it don't matter. Oh boy! Everybody's got their, you know, everybody's got their thing. So, hey, I, I like catching them. Is. They're fun, man. I, I mean, right. I'm not good at catching them, but they're fun. That, you know, that's what I said at the start of it. I like fishing for anything. 
I don't care. If somebody says you want to go fishing for yellow bass, I'll go fish for yellow bass. You want to go fishing for bluegill? Let's go fishing for bluegill. I, I if it swims, I don't mind catching it. There you go. Um, I just, you, I just you, like Corey, you said you're gonna uh, try and target uh, crappies. Is there a specific technique or what are you planning on doing to the Glathodes crappies in the next couple of weeks here? Um, right now you can find a lot of success. Um, what I was called double rigging. You put two, two jigs on a line underneath the bobber mm-hmm. or a float, whatever you want to call it. And just let the wind drift it over. They're going to start moving up fairly shallow here soon. Right now they're still kind of staged. If, if you have the means and the boat access, it all depends on where you're at with electronics. If you have the right electronics, my favorite technique is single pulling with a live scope. Um, it, it's like playing a video game. It, it, it's borderline cheating, um, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, but no, but for the average guy um, going to a pond or going to a lake shore, you want to look for some north north bays that are getting a lot of the sunlight in them, um, preferably some that either have some type of structure such as brush or um, rock walls, um, rock jetties. Um, all those things produce warmth and attract bait fish to them. So as they start to move up, those are kind of the areas you want to start looking for. Um, but you put two jigs with a small crappie style plastic or a couple hair jigs from my buddy Sean Tran at Saki Fishing. They're tearing them up right now in these cooler temperatures. You want to you want to talk about a treat for crappie? Go check out some of his hair jigs. They'll put you on them. Um, that's probably the easiest way right now um, for the average guy um, and a good old fashioned minnow. I mean, you put a couple minnows under a bobber. It's hard to beat live bait sometimes. Can't wait, man. I'm a crappie guy. I mean, I'm not. I don't catch a lot of them, but I love to eat them. So um, yeah. that's 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 the uh, my target. I, I told you that's my goal. I'm trying to beat my. I got. A, I, I might have caught a few this winter. I got a bunch. If you need some, <laughs> I can hook you up. Love it, love it, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> I had a pretty good ice season. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I think I think through the ice is one of my favorite. T- one of my favorite times to target crappies. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the spawn is another time I really like catching. Well, obviously because everybody likes fishing the crappie spawn. I don't know who doesn't. <laughs> right. I tell you what, for people, if you really want to get into crappie fishing, learning um, crappie, and having access to where you normally, if you don't have a boat, getting into ice fishing. And being able to get access to anywhere on a lake is a pretty cool thing. So if you haven't tried ice fishing before, I would strongly recommend it because the myth that fish get non-aggressive during the winter time and stop eating and all that stuff mm-hmm. is not true. Fish eat all winter long. They have to eat just like we all do. And you can have some pretty amazing fishing through the ice once you find them. All right. We have a lot of guests uh, down south in Hawaii and everything. We or, yeah. or listeners, they need to come here. We keep telling them, so mm-hmm. they they, they got to come here. They're like they, but they see the temperature, so they kind of get a little freaked out. But don't worry about it. They need to come. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Iowa's got bigger crappie than most people think, more so than it gets credit for. I I branched out this year and went and tried some new lakes that I hadn't fished before. And I, I found a couple new little honey holes that were producing some monsters. Even places like Big Creek and Brushy's got some decent ones. Badger's got some decent crappie. Um, Badger never gets talked about as for big crappies. I mean, everyone always catches crappie down there, but I found an area had some had some pretty big crappie down there this year, um, bigger than most people realize. But I found a couple of sweet new spots this year that I was catching a lot of 14 to 16 inch crappie that wow. you don't see that very often here in Iowa. So I don't know if we're on crappies kind of going like five to seven year cycles. You'll have two or three really good years and then it'll kind of fade off. The size will get smaller and then it'll cycle back up again. And I don't know, we're just on one of those up cycles right now, but cut a lot of 14 to 16 inch crappies this winter. And we'll talk offline on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, man, it's been fun, dude. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I'm. Do you got anything else for for Corey Kit? Um. So, if our audience wants to get a hold of you, whether that's like for your JB's fish sauce, or just want to reach out and you know, hey, let's go fishing or whatever, you know, whatever you want to throw out there, Corey. Yeah. Anytime anybody's got any questions or anything, reach out to me anytime. You can find me on Facebook. Um. As far as JB's, um, we're on Facebook. We're on instagram um our website's www.jbsfishsauce.com um you can check out all our products there um we try to run some new specials every month all orders over 50 dollars are free shipping um a little perk there and just in general you know i love helping people out uh Every every summer, I try to do something new. Uh, a couple summers ago, I spent a summer doing giveaways. I called it Where's Weaver, and I'd go fishing somewhere and say, whoever finds me, I'd give out free baits and free products to and stuff like that. Um, I enjoy teaching people, helping people. Um, I'm no pro. I'm no expert. I do have a lot of experience. Anytime anybody's got any questions or anything, they can reach out to me anytime, Messenger, Facebook, and we can talk fishing. There you go, man. Can't, I'm always in the mood to talk fishing. Can't, can't beat that, man. Thank you so much. I man, appreciate your time, Corey. A little uh, bit of that, too. Yep. <laughs> Cheers. And then what we got, like I said, we got to do, we got to get you out on a kayak. We'll, we'll, we'll do it on the lake together here pretty soon. But Absolutely. Totally appreciate your time and knowledge and everything that you know you you give to the sport so um definitely appreciate on that so but other than that you guys you know i want to hey congratulate you guys on the success of not only this but your other channels and did i see you today posting about um you got a youtube channel from for this now oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so that's a new and exciting thing yeah, we we're starting a whole brand new channel just for the for the podcast only. So um, I, you know, we're trying to be more focused with the go. with the podcast. Yeah, nice. we're gonna be real focused on that, and instead of just kind of jumping around. But you know what? You know that's a good thing. That that just like you just saying that just means that people actually like the sh- bullshit 
that we give just spew at least I spew out. So that's always a good thing, you know. People no, it's like, fun, and um, I commend you guys. You guys have had a lot of great guests on that share a lot of great knowledge. Um, I, I've enjoyed watching all of them. Nope. Very cool what you're doing. Um, thank you for all the support you do for small businesses and people like us. Um, we really appreciate it. That goes a long ways. And, you know, these this past year and a half has been a little rough on everybody in life in general, let alone small businesses. Small Agreed. businesses have taken a hurt. And uh, fortunately, the fishing industry has actually picked up. So that's been a positive for the most part, it's kind of a headache for some people. If you don't enjoy being around other people on the lake when you're out fishing, it's not, <laughs> you're not all that happy about it. Cause I tell you what, there's more people out fishing right now than I've ever seen in my life. Um, and that's no joke. It doesn't matter. I've been all over the country already this year, um, traveling to some of my tournaments and everywhere I've been, there's, there's more people than I've ever seen before out on the water and out fishing. I think uh, people finally got to the point where they have felt so cooped up and so trapped at home fishing and getting out in nature. It's kind of one of the only release points you have. So, but I think that's a positive overall. I think there's a lot of people getting their kids outdoors and I think that's very important getting your kids outside get them away from those video games a little bit, get them outside. Let's, uh, get our next generation hooked on fishing and hunting and enjoying being outside. And it's been a great thing. Nope. Agreed. For the conditions that we're all enduring. Right. <laughs> nope. Right. Totally understand. And yeah, get those kids out of the house and get them onto a live scope. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll love that. Right. You know, Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, like I said, uh, you know, fishing kid myself, we, we, we started this thing, this podcast for fun because uh, we love beer, craft beer, and we just love fishing. So, and to see where it's going and where it can go, um, we're, we're just going to keep true to ourselves and just really enjoy this. And like you said, we do support small businesses and the, the whole thing. And that's why we have a bunch of people who are small business owners, you know, in, in the fishing industry come and join yeah. us because uh, we want to help, help, help get their word out, help get their story out. And, and that's it, man. And then, at the end of the day, we have beer and we talk fishing. That's badass. That's this is my time away from the craziness that I have Absolutely. in my household. So, so I appreciate that. Hey, like one, one funny tidbit: Kit cannot chug beer with a dam. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, uh, 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 we gotta cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh that's going into the blooper reel. Uh, I agree. We 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 might uh we might have had a few showdowns. At different points this winter, I'm pretty sure the guy that finished in last in every showdown is somewhere on this screen. It ain't me. Wonder who he is. <laughs> oh man, on that note, that is awesome. Man. <laughs> Thank you so much, Corey. Like I said, Thank um, you guys. Can't wait to have Thanks, you Corey. back on, man. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, give me a shout, man. Let's get something planned and get out there. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. All right, you too.